Welcome everybody, this is another bonus episode. We're still in our little mid-season bonus time. So we're just taking it easy. We're just chilling, we're doing some fun, easy stuff. We're still giving you episodes every week. That said, where we're starting this off, I don't know if easy is necessarily oh. the right word. Low effort, perhaps. <laughs> Definitely not easy. This is our, this is, as you've seen from the title, if you read the titles of these videos, maybe you don't, this is our, I don't know, I guess jokes and riddles episode, but it started with a very specific premise, right? So we might get onto other jokes and riddles. Maybe we won't get out of this premise. We'll see how it goes. I was reading the other day two short stories taken from Sketches by Boz, which was Charles Dickens's like first thing. And in one of them, the steam excursion, a character popped up and was referenced as being an like Astley Miller Joe, an Astley something Joe Miller type. Mm. And I went, this is hilarious because this is clearly like a mid 1800s or a, you know, mid to late 1800s reference that I don't know anything about. I looked up the first part of the name. It was the name of a famous he was surgeon. Like, which was odd because didn't it describe him as like a bit comic? Yeah, kind of like a funny kind of a weird guy. And so I looked up Joe. So I went, who's Joe Miller? And I found a book of Joe Miller jokes. Because this one was the comic, apparently. So this was the funny part, right? I found on Gutenberg Press the book Joe Miller's Jests. This one printed in uh, 1865. And you read a couple of them out to me last night. And you know, it's always fun to look back in history and find all of the things that connect us, like ancient Roman graffiti and those things, and say, oh, man, people yeah. haven't changed. None of these jokes. Um... But now, I would like to give context to this that I just looked up, because I thought before like, we should do some of these, I should look up Joe Miller. All right, right. First of all, 1865? He was dead. Way dead. Really? Okay. Way dead. I'm going to give you some, some bio of Joe Miller. Right, okay. You ready? Joe Miller, 1684 oh. to 1738... Oh, okay, yep, very does. He was an English actor who appeared in the cast of Sir Robert Howard's Committee at Drury Lane in 1709 as Teague. Okay, okay. Uh, he was Trinculo like in The Drury Tempest. Drury Lane players or something. I think they got mentioned in just... this book, in this, in this set of jokes. Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. He was the first, uh, the first gravedigger in Hamlet. Although oh, presumably, wow. Presumably he played first gravedigger, not he was in the first production of Hamlet, right? Maybe. 16, no, because uh, no. 1684. No, completely 100 years later. Marplot. And so it's just a bit of a fine, just a bit of an unknown act. Like, that's a fairly, seems like a fairly minor actor. All right? So all of this, he just did a bunch of random acting things, whatever. His final performance was the 13th of April, 1738. But here's where we get to this, right? Here's where we get to, John Mil to Joe Miller's jests. Are you ready for Joe Miller's jests? After Miller's death, John Motley, himself 1692 to 1750, right? So brought out a book called Joe Miller's Jests or The Wits Vademecum, uh, published under the pseudonym of Elijah Jen Jenkins Esquire, and it cost one shilling. Okay. It was a collection of contemporary What's... and ancient coarse witticisms, only three of which are told of Miller. I don't know how that works. What? Right. His first edition was a thin pamphlet of 247 jokes. This version we've got had like 500 at least. Uh -huh. This ran to three editions in its first year. And then later, but not wholly connected versions, were entitled with names such as Joe Miller's Joke Book, The New Joe Miller, etc., etc. 
joke books in this format were common even before this date. So it'd be fun to find some other ancient, like 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 old, old couple, 300-year-old joke yeah. books. Yeah. Uh, but this is where I get that maybe it wasn't a time thing that made us not think these jokes were funny. Oh, okay. Owing to the low quality of the jokes in Motley's <laughs> book, their number increasing with each of the many subsequent editions, any time-worn jest came to be called a Joe Miller, a Joe Millerism, or simply a Millerism. Oh, so God. specifically it was bad jokes. This is jokes. a bad joke book. So this is bad jokes that people thought were bad in the 1700s, republished with, with hundreds more... In 1856, according Watch to this one. Miller. So here we, yeah, he was an actor. Like it was, he didn't even write the book. This is like Mr. Guillotine. He didn't even write. But it, oh, look at this! Charles Dickens also referenced Joe Miller in A Christmas Carol. Oh, okay. He was by just the a... character Scrooge, who remarked, "Joe Miller never made such a joke as sending the turkey to Bob's will be." <laughs> and Dickens also references Joe Millerism in sketches by Boz, mm. but it references a different one mm. in chapter one of The Boarding House. But he also, they, they, this person didn't get that he also references it in The Steam Excursion. He really knows Joe Miller. So Dickens loved Joe Miller. Isaac Asimov refers to Joe Miller's joke book on page 552 of Asimov's Guide to Shakespeare. Is this just a thing? All you really literary people out there, is just a, a thing that everyone in the field knows about? Maybe. Are we latecomers? So let's have a crack at some of Joe Miller's right. jests with copious... So this one is called... The book here is Joe Miller's Jests with Copious Editions. Oh, God. Does this mean that for the more legit ones we should be at the start or will it absolutely not matter? I don't know. All right, we'll just find the short ones. I'll read you the copy of the title page to the original edition. So I don't know. This edition is 1865. This may be from even earlier, but... Joe Miller's jests, or the wits vade mecum, if you what, remember. Yeah, what is that word? Um, uh, a handbook. What language is? Latin. What? Means go oh. with me. Oh, is it two words? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or pocket reference. May also be referred to as an enchiridion. Oh, fun. So we'll change it to that. The Wits Enchiridion, being a collection of the most brilliant jests, the politest repartees, the most elegant bon mots, and the and most pleasant short stories in the English language. First carefully collected in the company, and many of them transcribed from the mouth of the facetious gentleman whose name they bear, sure. and now set forth and published by his lamentable friend and former companion, Elijah Jenkins Esquire. Mm. So this is at least, this is meant to be from that original okay, version. Okay. Most humbly inscribed to those choice spirits of the age, Captain Bowdens, Mr. Alexander Pope, Mr. Professor Lacey, Mr. Orator Henley, and Job Baker, the kettle drummer, London, printed and sold by T. Reed in Dogwell Court, Whitefriars, Fleet Street. Oh, it's got an MDX. It's got a, it's got a date. What's that? Oh, fantastic. MDCC. Okay, 17. 17, uh, 39. Ah, oh, okay. excellent. So this is referencing 1739. We shouldn't have read that. We should have tried to figure out what year it was based on the jokes. Then there's a preface talking about Joe Miller. But let's skip that and let's get to... Let's let's get past the preface. Let's get to the jokes. Here we go, everybody. Are you ready for these great, great jokes? What we're going to do is we're going to read them out, and then we're going to try and figure out why they're a joke, <laughs> and then we're going to try and see why they're funny. Okay. Most of this is going to be us having no idea, but this is a puzzle. This is us doing puzzle-based content for you. Here we go. Ready? <clears throat> Number one. It's, they're so hard to read as well. I tried one before. The, the, they're so hard because they're written with nonsensical grammar. Mm. Okay, here we go. The Duke of Athol, who says more good things than anybody, being behind the scenes the first night of the Beggar's Opera and meeting Sibber there. Well, Collie, said he, 
How do you like the beggar's opera? Why, it makes one laugh, my lord, answered he, on the stage. But how will it do in print? Oh, very well. I'll answer for it, said the Duke, if you don't write a preface to it. <sighs> there, is a, there is a footnote, though, that says, oh. See Sibber's preface to provoked husband. Oh, for God's so sake. So is Sibber a famous bad preface writer? Uh, can you Google that? Hold on, there's a link. Oh. Uh, okay, hold on. We're going to Google Sibber's preface to provoked husband. This is, this is necessary context for the joke, everybody. <laughs> Which is always good for a joke. Sibber's... Preface to Provoked Husband. How is Sibber spelled? Uh, C-I-B-B-E-R. Oh, not at all what I would have thought. Okay, the Provoked Husband is a 1728 comedy play by British writer and actor Collie Sibber mm. based on a fragment of a play written by John Vanbrugh. Okay. Okay. All right, so... People hate the preface of it? I don't know. <laughs> What's the pre- Let's find the preface. We're gonna, I found <laughs> How an- many hours do we need? <laughs> I, can't, I can't find a copy of it. <laughs> I've got a Wikipedia entry for it. Uh... But okay, so 11 years before this book was written, Joe Miller and his friends were all laughing about this bad preface that this lady wrote. Joe Miller was in the play. He played oh. Moody. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this is just a joke book of, hey, I was ribbing on my friend this is or my so boss. Weird. Okay. So we don't have the context for that one. That's all right. I think we've got all the context for that one. The joke book is just awful. It's like saying, no, 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 trust me. It really works for these people. You can read number two for me. Okay. Seems to follow a bit of a pattern. We've got some more show business going on. <clears throat> There being a great disturbance one night at Drury Lane Playhouse, Mr. Wilkes, coming upon the stage to say something to pacify the audience, had an orange thrown full at him, which he having taken up, making a low bow. This is no civil orange, I think, said he. That's it. That's That's the joke. So we've got to figure out what the hell civil orange is. The audience was unhappy. Mr. Wilkes came on stage to say sorry. Someone threw an orange at him. And he said, this, this is, is no, no civil, civil orange. orange. Civil What does orange. that mean? Oh, oh, is it a joke because bitter oranges used to be called Seville oranges? Seville oranges are a thing. It might be. Is it a joke on Seville orange? It feels like it should oh, be. Civil is an orange. Oh, oh, no, even here, we go, here we go. Okay. Back in Shakespeare's day, the Ooh. city of Seville yeah. was where bitter oranges Yeah. Was, was where bitter oranges on. That doesn't make any sense. And so the civil as an orange is a play on words words from some it says that Claudio is very bitter. So it must be it's a reference to it's in much ado about nothing. Shakespeare makes the quip that a character was civil as an orange. Okay. So and I think it's a, jo- a joke about the fact that Seville oranges are a thing. Yeah, sure. That That's a pun. It's a pun. Sense. So he's and like, so it just turned into a people civ- said civil as an orange yeah. was a thing. But so they were like, they threw a Seville orange, and he was like, not much of a Seville orange. orange. And everyone went, oh, ho, ho, you're as funny as that Joe Miller. Perfect. Okay, we got that one, that. everybody. It's about Seville oranges. Cool. Good on you. Good. You got to sell that one. You got to sell it. it I be. feel very on the back foot because well, you've got the computer to do all the research. This is no Seville orange. <laughs> and I got nothing. I'm just right. guessing here. But how hard is it to read? Because like the the 
I, I feel like generally I got lucky mine wasn't too bad, but yeah, there aren't quotation marks here. You really got to figure this out. All right, here, you ready? <clears throat> Rarely are there full stops. Okay. I, 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 I got you know this. how, uh, the big example I have, you know how in uh, the American Bill of Rights, uh, the Second Amendment, when you actually read it, punctuationally, these days, it's nonsense. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like that. And these were, I suppose, written at the yes, same exactly. time. Pretty similar. Oh, here we go. Ready? Joe Miller, sitting one day in the window at the Sun Tavern in Clare Street, a fisherwoman and her maid passing by. The woman cried, By my souls, by my maids. Ah, you wicked old creature, said Honest Joe. What are you, uh, what are you, not content to sell your own soul? You must sell your maids too? <laughs> so, is a maid a type of fish? That feels like it makes sense, right? Like, by my souls, as in type of fish. By my maids, mm. another type of fish. Or is the fish. maid, or is it like the maid is also, because it says a fisherwoman and her maid. True. By. Maybe the maid helps out and also sells soul. Oh, so it's like, by my soul, right, the, by my maid's is there, soul. I, I feel like I'm asking too much to say, is there an apostrophe S? No. Of course no, not. But there's also not like a full stop. No, a, exactly. I knew that I was being presumptuous, but that would have helped. Is this the joke? It's about like buy selling my a fishes soul. And, or buy my maid's fish. Yeah, and says, like, do you want me yeah. to buy your soul or yeah. your maid's soul? Like, I definitely understand the soul pun. I think it's it's the main bit that I'm not sure about. This is about. no civil soul. All right, it's a joke about fish. I think it's a fish pun. I just want to quickly Google if a maid is a fish, because that would help clarify. Well, you can't do that. Your phone doesn't work. That's true. Is maid a fish? Did you mean is cod a fish? <laughs> No. Mm, I don't think so. There's a Weirdly, ma- when I googled made fish, I'm, I'm getting a fish called a scat. Oh. That's confusing. I think the maid is also selling soul. I think it's about soul the fish. It does also seem like John Dory can be called old maid. Okay, well, there you go. And Maybe it was in the 1700s. Mm. So it's a, it's a fish pun. You're right. It does sound like she was selling maids mm. as fish. I'm going to go 1700s made fish. They An old made fish links, links us to the old made fish. And a picture of a fish market. I reckon that's it. I reckon it's her and her maid, but they were selling souls and maids. Yeah, it could be. I have no way of knowing who called them maids, these fish. But, yeah. It seems like John Dory is, or was once upon a time, old maid, and is technically called a spot-banded scat. I've never heard that. Ridiculous. Okay. I prefer its other name, uh, the striped butterfish. Oh, That sounds much tastier. Okay, so we got that one. Maybe. Number three, this is hilarious. Yeah. Joe jo Miller, what a funny guy who didn't mm-hmm. tell any of these jokes in real life. Okay, okay, okay. Ugh. That must be one of the three that were meant to be told of John Miller or Joe Miller. Oh, that was it? Like, as in, like, the, the, he's referenced ones? in the... No, no, what? as in the third one has him as a character yeah. in the story telling the joke, yeah. whereas the others, they would, like, in in the first two, in the joke, somebody else was telling the joke. Hmm. So it might still be a Joe Miller joke, but it's Joe Miller telling about somebody else telling a joke, whereas this is somebody telling you about Joe Miller telling a joke. It must only happen three times. I'm going to skip a couple. You're going to skip a couple? I'm skipping a couple. All right, they're there's long, so many of them. Boring. We can just pick them by... Yeah. By num- I'm not going very far. I just want to go to number six. Sure. Maybe you read this one as well. Two free-thinking authors proposed to a bookseller that was a little decayed in the world sure. that if he would print their works, they would set him up. And indeed, they were as good as their word, for in six weeks' time, he was in the pillory. 
Oh, the, he thought they were going to set him up with a like with set a him up woman. For life. Oh, what? But instead, he all said, I, instead, thought, "I thought it was like set him up for life with money." Up. You set me up. <laughs> you set me up, you booksellers. Is yep. that what happened? Is this the joke? Like that. That's a fun I, joke. I didn't, I didn't interpret it as uh, set him up with a woman. I interpreted it as set, set him, him up, up financially. Yeah, something good. Yeah. But instead it was to the phrase, you set me up. How old is the phrase, you set me up? <laughs> uh, hold on. Um, set me up phrase origin. You set me up. <laughs> I need this. I, need, I want some origin. No, nah, no one knows. No one, no one knows within a two-second Google, Bam. and I don't want to spend too much time. Oh, wait, Cambridge Dictionary? What are you going to say? Come on, Cambridge. Help us out here. Um, no, nah, no good history. We'd have, to, we'd have to look this up separately. I don't have time for this now. But it looks like to set someone up, to trick someone and get them in prison. I think they set him up. Yep. Good. Sure. It's a good bit. Good bit, Joe Miller. <laughs> All right, my turn. I'm just going to scroll down a couple. We're up to 26. I'm not going to read them before I say them. Right? You can't pick them. you just got to do them. Are you ready? Danny's not ready. She's staring at her phone in consternation. So to set someone up, as in to provide someone with means, is from at least the 1520s. Great. So that, that was what Joe Miller mm -hmm. wanted us to think. Yep. But instead he was in the pillory. I think this is, we just have to take this as proof that the phrase is that old, as opposed to trying to figure out if it is that old and see if that's what the joke is. But we aren't the first ones to have ever found this proof. It must exist somewhere. Nah, no one's ever read these before. <laughs> There's too many of them. <laughs> um, but, oh, how about this, um, to bring someone to a vulnerable position or put someone in a position to be knocked down? Does that feel related to this one? Yeah. 1950 boxing. Okay, then that can't so, be right. Yeah. It's got to be. I, 1965 is to contrive or plot. It's got to be early in that because Joe Miller's doing it. Baffling. Yeah. That's a wild one. Well, why do you get put in the pillory? Maybe, maybe we should figure that out. Why would you be put in the pillory? <laughs> A variety of lesser crimes, dishonest trading and sedition, though the latter could have more extreme forms, frequently for public intoxication during the colonial period. <laughs> hmm. All right, maybe there's something no, else going on here. I don't think so. I think we've got it. I think we've cracked it. All right. 26 starts with two words. I really want me to... I really want to get into it. Okay. A Welchman... Welchman? A Welchman. Okay. So not a Welshman, but a Welchman. Sure. Does that mean Welshman? It's C-H instead of S-H. <sighs> a Welchman, bragging of his family, said his father's effigy was set up in Westminster Abbey. Being asked whereabouts, he said, in the same monument with Squire Thins, for he was his coachman. Oh, that's the end. That's it. <laughs> He's like, oh, my... So I think the joke there is... First of all, he's Welch, so he can't be very high class because he's a bit of a Welch. Um, and he's like, hey, you know, my, dad, my father has an effigy in Westminster Abbey. And I'm like, what? Where? He's like, oh, he's the guy driving the coach for the actual famous person. He's the coachman for Squire Thin. Who, and everyone's like, oh, Squire Thin. I love Squire Thin. But it's like, oh, he was just the coachman. Sure. 
I guess that's the, yeah. I ha, guess that's ha, the bit. He wasn't a rich, famous person. That's funny. Be like, be like, oh, you know, my my ancestor was was buried in a royal tomb. Yeah, he was one of the slaves that was buried mm. with the king. I think it's that. It's a bit of that as a joke, I guess, but more recent. I'm looking up Welchman. <laughs> yeah, it's well. I Just mean, Welsh no, or from no, Welchman. That's definitely what automatically pops up. It's really not wanting to show me. What does Welch mean in Welsh? <laughs> okay, we don't need it. We don't even know what a Welchman is, Danny. We got the Welch joke. being an older spelling variant of Welsh. Cool. Okay, so this is an Eng- English guy. Is is Joe Miller English? Yeah. Making fun of Welsh people. Yeah. Timeless. It, it was funny back then as well. Apparently, it was that Welsh people are poorer than you. Yeah. They couldn't be cool. They had to be losers. Bloody Joe Miller. Give me another one, Danny. Feel free to scroll down as far as you can. There's literally hundreds, and we're only at 26. I just went scroll and then stopped my thumb at some point and just picked what was there. You can't, you can't pre-read either. You can't select for quality. You have to just go for one. Uh, is anybody enjoying this at home? Are you having fun reading these? This is great. These are so weird. Ridiculous. Okay, okay. We've got some royal humour here, apparently. Do you know anything about King Charles II? Oh, was he the really bad one? I don't know. Was that King Charles the... Charles the first got uh, killed by people. Was Charles the second the one who revolt. came back, who had to leave and then came back in during the? Was he like in for two seconds before the civil war? I don't remember. Technically, as king, and then had to leave and then came back. Let's there was one Charles king the in like the sixteen hundreds who cowered out for a while. Charles the second. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was king of Scotland. From 1649 until uh, 1651. Yeah, that sounds like a And king right of England, time. Scotland, and Ireland from the 1660 restoration of the monarchy. Gotcha. Until, so he was out during yeah. the during the Civil War. Okay, so with that context. He was the eldest surviving child of Charles I of yep. England, Scotland, Ireland, but he was no longer king because they kicked out the king. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. We've king, got some Charles II context. King Charles II, having ordered a new suit of clothes to be made, just at a time when addresses were coming up to him from all parts of the kingdom... Tom Killigrew went to the tailor sure. and ordered him to make a very large pocket on one side of the coat, and one so small on the other that the king could hardly get his hand into it. Which, seeming very odd, when they were brought home, he asked the meaning of it. The tailor said, Mr. Killigrew ordered it so. Killigrew, being sent for and interrogated, said, one pocket was for the addresses of his majesty's subjects, and the other for the money they would give him. <laughs> what the hell is happening?! What is this joke? No, wait, which, which side's the big pocket? Well, is the big pocket that, for the money? It said there was just at a time when addresses were coming up to him from all parts of the kingdom. So is this not a joke about the king? Is this a joke about the subject wants stuff but won't pay for it to be done? Maybe. Is this a joke about anti-tax people? I don't know. <laughs> He's got a big pocket for the addresses. And they all a small want something pocket from him, for the money they would give the king. The money. Or does he have a small pocket? There's not that many addresses, but they'll give him lots of money because he's fun. I must be the other way around. But that would is be this funnier, but... <laughs> is this like poor king, no one gives him money? Or is it like, screw you, king, wanting money from everybody? Like, I don't understand the politics here. No. I'm not going to Google Joe Miller monarchist. <laughs> We're just going to scroll down and I'm going to stop my thumb here. On 79, oh, it's long, Aww. and it's got a poem in it. Let's oh, go. no, I don't want to do that. Let's go. When Sir Cloudsley Shovel, already funny, 
set out on his last expedition, there was a form of prayer composed by the Archbishop of Canterbury for the success of the fleet, in which His Grace made use of this unlucky expression that he begged God would be a rock of defence to the fleet, which occasioned the following lines to be made upon the monument set up for him in Westminster Abbey, he being cast away in that expedition on the rocks, oh dear. called The Bishop and His Clerks. <clears throat> As Lambeth prayed, such was the dire event, else had we wanted now this monument, that God unto our fleet would be a rock, nor did kind heaven the wise petition mock. To what the Metropolitans said then, the bishop and his clerks replied, Amen. <laughs> Joe Miller's jests. So, <laughs> someone prayed that there would be a, a rock, as in like a good foundation bedrock mm, sort of thing. And then the fleet hit a rock. Yeah. And that was a cool uh, irony. Oh, well, thanks God. Like, nice one, idiot. Is that the bit? I think that's we the can't bit. keep. We got to do another one. <sighs> At some point, we're going to move on to more modern jokes and riddles, everybody. Because these is this let's is go right to the end. Maybe they'll start speaking English. Just stop there. What are you up to? What number? Two hundred and forty-two. All right, go for two forty-two. Maybe this is where the the, the real gems they say are between two thirty and two fifty. No, I've got to read the next one. Sorry. Oh, okay. Why? It's, it's very short. All right, go for two forty-three. Metalus Nepos. Asking Cicero, the Roman orator, Ooh. in a scoffing manner, who was his father? Yeah. Cicero. Rep- I don't know why, but sure. Cicero replied, "Thy mother has made that question harder for thee to answer." Oh! <laughs> oh! I had to Are read it because there's no doubt about what that one means. That Are was you easy. Kidding me? Come on, give me another read of the same poem. Give it again. Give it again. Give it again. Come on, Joe Miller and Cicero <laughs> making your mum jokes. Beautiful. 1730s, your mum jokes. Give it to me one more time. Read it again. Medalist Nepos asking Cicero the Roman orator, orator, in a scuffing manner, who was his father. Cicero replied, thy mother has made that question harder for thee to answer. Whoa, your mum has so many men, you don't even know who your dad is. Medalist Nephus, whatever your name was. Cicero. Okay, this is all worth it. (laughs) It's all worth it for a good your mum joke from 1730, talking about a your mum joke from 100 BC. I don't know exactly when Cicero was. That was nice. That was fantastic. Um, I like it when they make sense. All right. Uh, I'll, get, I'll get us into the 300s. 307. I haven't read it. Let's go. A countryman in the street inquiring the way to Newgate, an arch fellow that hurt... I hate reading these. <laughs> a countryman in the street inquiring the way to Newgate. An arch fellow that heard him said he'd show him presently. Do but go across the way, said he, to yon goldsmith's shop and move off with one of those silver tankards and it will bring you thither presently. Is Newgate a prison? Maybe. Newgate prison sounds like something. Let me just Google Newgate prison. Newgate prison. Hey. It has been, it was... Beautiful. Opened in 1188. Oh, that's nice. And closed in 1902. Good. There was a prison there oh. for friggin' 800 years. Man. And, you know, it closed just as Australia became a country. Yeah, they, they <laughs> ran out of space in Newgate Prison. They sent them all. Uh, 
I mean, in the side of Newgate, a gate in the Ro- it was originally where a gate was in the Roman mm. London. So Wall. it was a very good thing that we looked up the pillories before to find out exactly yeah. how much they frowned upon to- uh, public intoxication. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. But this one, I think, was just theft. It was just steal a oh, silver sorry. tanket. Oh, sorry. I thought it was go and drink from a silver tanket. No, no. Do but so he's like, hey, what's the way to Newgate? And yeah, the guy yeah. was like, hey, why don't you go uh, go to yon goldsmith's shop? Oh, uh, right. I forgot it was a goldsmith. Move off with one of those silver tankets, yeah. and it will bring you thither presently. Yep. That's so it fair. just says, commit a crime to go to prison, idiot. Makes sense. Hey, do you know the way to Alcatraz? How about you shoot that guy? <laughs> Dummy! Yeah. Although this says it was opened in 1769. Oh. But this says it opened in 1183. All right, there's some questions. Ah, I don't care, I'm not going to answer them. <laughs> People can answer them at home. Give me another one, Danny. This is great. I'm having more fun as we get into the couple of hundreds. All right. I've got one that's got a full stop. Good to give me a number, though. 337. All right. A poor woman in the country sent her son to a gentleman's house upon some errand or other. The loitering lad stayed somewhat too long, looking upon a dog in the wheel that turned the spit, so that when he came home, his mother beat him soundly. Execution ended, the boy told her. If she had been there, she would have stayed as long as he. And she demanding the reason, he said... Oh, mother, it would have done you good to have seen how daintily a dog and a wheel spun roast meat. Okay, so first of all, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait. First of all, a dog, people used to spin meat to cook it by putting a dog in a hamster wheel and having it walk and walk and walk can, to spin the meat. Can you Google and that the in joke, some fashion? And then the joke is, is your the mum dog can't cooks, cook. The dog cooks better than you do, mum. <laughs> hey, mum, you would have learned a lot from this dog because you don't know how to rotate friggin' meat. On a fire, the dog's be- a better cook than you. Make it fun of his mother's cooking by Again. using a dog and a hamster wheel? The difference between the stuff that you still would find in the 90s dog today. wheel spit. Still would find in the 90s today? Yeah, whatever. This is, look at this picture! Oh my god! That's a dog in a raised hamster wheel. This is an old, like, uh, like, like, uh, like, I don't want not a sketch or a woodblock print, or like a sketch from the, from like, the 17, 1800s, and it's a picture of a kitchen, and there's people eating, there's a little boy being like, hello, miss, can you give me an apple from your little basket? And and people chatting, talking, and a woman watching the fire, and there is meat a on the roast. fire, spit roast on the fire, just like it looks like a normal fireplace. And above her head, like five feet in the air, there is a dog in, in a, a wheel. hamster wheel that is suspended from a beam on the ceiling, just running With along. With like a rope attached to it or something? Possibly chasing the meat that's been hanging oh, in front of no. him. This is a, the, and the article is called The Rise and Fall of the Working Dog That Turned the Spit. <laughs> this is amazing. This was a real thing. Dogs used to cook food for everybody. Can we make this like a lateral question or something? This feels like it needs to be there. Yeah. Hey, Why was a hey, dog in hey, the hey, kitchen? If you're Tom Scott... <laughs> Stop Get out listening. of here. I don't want you listening to my show. Not for now. We're, we're come- a turn spit dog. This was just a thing. <laughs> what breed is that? Looks like. That's a pre-breed dog. Then. Yeah. That's it's got a, a Dachshund's face, but a dog's body. I'm so happy. Oh, God. That's not a dog. Why are you showing? What the hell is that? Sorry. That was just some picture of a taxidermied something that didn't work out quite right. Here's a cartoon about oh, it. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> From Vanity Fair. Can you change me on the turnspit? It's getting real hot, says one dog to another. Sure. Sure. I saw Pippi the other day. He said he's working the wheel at an apothecary. Is that true? Yeah, they use the wheel to make pills. Oh, there's more. 
He also claimed he's got a short spot. He also claimed he's got a short spot at the Queen's place when he retires. What a flea bag. (laughs) Okay, that joke needs more. That's a Joe Miller. That's a bit of a Joe Miller, isn't it? Um, Okay, that's amazing. I'm so glad we did this. Is everybody at home just freaking out about the fact that it was just a normal thing? Or again, are we latecomers and everybody knows this? But I also love that the kid just got there and he was like, look at that dog. I know. I, I feel for this kid. And it's made fun of his mum. This is the best thing we've ever done in our lives. Okay, can we go back this and... This is the only history lesson I've ever series? had. Can we make a new podcast called Learning History Through Joe Miller's Jokes? <laughs> That's interesting. That's an idea that I'm sure has some legs for someone. All right. Um, hey, Danny, I'm not going to read 362, but can you have a look at 362 and be oh, confused? Oh, God, how racist is it? No, I'm just confused. Everybody's names are blanked out. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Are they swears or are they just people who really wanted to be kept anonymous? It's very strange. Everyone's names have been crossed out in the middle. It's very very odd. You know that old-fashioned thing that they do where they just use really, like, long dashes? Yeah. Which I thought was for swearing, but... Maybe it is. All right. We'll do 363. One Mr. Ash, who was himself a famous punster in Ireland, coming into an inn desired the landlord to lend him a hand to pull off his great coat. Indeed, sir, said he, I dare not. Dare not, replied the other. What do you mean by that? You know, sir, answered he, there is an act of parliament against stripping of ash. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know what stripping of ash means, unless I mean, it's the trees. trees. right? You can't take... Was, was it illegal to take the bark off an ash tree? And so when a man called Ash turns up, I mean, yeah, you can't I get take that's the off. joke. Is that and the bit? Yeah, that's the dad joke of the times. This is when Joe Miller had children. I take it. Stripping of ash. Law. Oh wait, no. Hold on. Hmm. Or is it like stealing people's fireplace ash? It might be. Oh no, how are we going to figure this out? I don't know, what's the other possible context? We'll figure out some good keywords. I just see, an owner or occupier of residential land must not cause or allow any chimney to discharge dust, grit, ash or smoke. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's part of it. Um, Stripping of ash. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just put stripping of ash in. Hmm. Or it could be a thing to do with farming. Hmm. This is weird. And then I get a link to Joe Miller's jests. <laughs> this is so weird. There's only two pages of results. Oh, no, there's wow. only one page of results. Okay. Stripping of ash. So weird. I mean, I get the joke. I just don't know why there was yeah. a war against stripping of ash. Hmm. All right, we'll never know. If anyone has a good explanation of stripping of ash, <laughs> I'd love to hear it. Uh, it's your turn, Danny. All right. Who are you going to... Let's trick? get to the 400s. <laughs> this is very weird. All right. What's next? Don't You can't read. You can't check them. You've got to just read them. That's part of the game. No, it's just you see a couple of words and you go, wait, i just got to make sure this isn't disgusting. <laughs> True. But no, it's okay. Let's go. A schoolmaster asking one of his boys in a sharp wintry morning, what was Latin for cold? The boy hesitated a little. What, sirrah, said he. Can't you tell? Yes, Wait, did yes. you say Sarah? Yeah. That's cool. S-I-R-R-A-H, Sarah. That's so cool. Mm. Instead of Sir, just Sarah. Oh, well, it's, I mean, maybe it's, that's the professor talking to the boy. Oh, what is, okay, wait, what does Sarah mean? How do you spell Sarah? S-I-R-R-A-H. S-I-R-R. 
A-H or? A-H. A-H. A term used to address a man or a boy, especially one younger or of lower status. I'm going to start calling people Sarah. They're going to be like, what? And they're not going to realise how insulted they should be. It, it's just sire with R at the end. Yeah. Well, so, uh, yeah, the boy hesitated a little. What, Sarah? Can't you tell? Yes, yes, replied the boy. I have it at my finger's ends. Because it was winter and he was cold. But I also don't know if the Latin word for cold plays any part of this. Isn't that like frigidaire? Uh, Latin for cold. It's frigus. Oh, I think it sounds like fingers. Okay. Oh God, I'm on my fingers. I'm on my... What does he say? Fingers ends is fingers what he ends. says. Frig- Maybe? I don't know. It's frigus. I'm very confused. Hold on, can I have a read? Can yeah, I see yeah, if it yeah, makes sense? Any... A schoolmaster asked one of his boys in a sharp, wintry morning what was Latin for cold. The boy hesitated a little. What, sir? said he. Can't you tell? Yes, yes, replied the boys. I have it at my fingers' ends. Fingers' ends. Fingers' ends. <laughs> There's also gelu. That's... But I'm so confused. Yeah. Maybe it's Friggers. nothing. Maybe the joke is just, yep, yeah, he's got cold hands. And there's no deeper pun to it. <laughs> That's so weird. Come on, Joe Miller, tell me about a joke. Give me more dog facts, because that was great. <laughs> Here we go. 471. Mm. Some thievish fellows being at a tavern, they agreed amongst themselves to steal the silver cup that was brought up to them, and when they were going by the bar... Oh, sorry. And when they were going by the bar... You are welcome, gentlemen. Kindly welcome, cried the landlord. Ah, said the fellow with the cup to himself. I wish we were well gone, too. <laughs> oh, Joe Miller. You see, he said you are welcome, but they wanted to be well gone with the stuff they sold. <laughs> there was too much context for that joke. Good one, little Joey Joe Miller. That was not a good joke, everybody, but that wasn't much of a puzzle. But the next one's going to be a real puzzle. It's going to stump us. It's like doing the two-minute mysteries sometimes. If people haven't listened to our, if you're not a Patreon donor, we do two-minute mysteries and, and often we solve them, but sometimes we're just caught up with some random turn of phrase from 1960 that is meaningless mm. to us. All right. I have one. It is incredibly short. Okay. Incredibly you need to short. look up a person first. All right. Let me look up. Oh, first. Okay. Yep. I'm going to look up a person to get context for this joke. Who am I looking up? Sir John Cutler. Sir John Cutler. First baronet. 1603 to 1693, was an English grocer, financier, and member of parliament. Okay, okay. He became a successful grocer who participated in land speculation, acquiring the combined Goulthorpe and Harwood Castle estates in Yorkshire in 1653, knighted in 1660, and created a baronet of London later the same year. He was master of the worshipful company of grocers of the city of London four times. Okay. God, I love this yeah. stuff. Like the worshipful Back company of before grocers. Before capitalism had fully taken hold of every job, what weird jobs existed? Four times he became a councilman and alderman in the city of London. He paid for much of the rebuilding of Grocers Hall after the Great Fire of London. 
Uh, he was a fellow of the Royal Society in 1664, High Sheriff of Kent in 1676. Uh, he was treasurer for the building of St. Paul's Cathedral. Treasurer makes sense. I get that. Okay, so for this joke, let's just keep in mind that he was treasure. That he he was a money dude. Okay, that's all that matters apparently. Yeah, treasurer for the building of St. Paul's Cathedral. I don't care that he was a grocer. No. One day, Sir John Cutler looked very dismally when night came on, not because it brought darkness with it, but because daylight saved him a candle. So did he just become? Okay, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. I've got to follow this up again. Oh, yeah? I'm going to go back to St. Paul's Cathedral, and I'm going to see if, famously, when it was being built, it was, like, penny-pinchingly built or something. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you plan on finding that. Hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we have to bend his... Some of these ones, this is the equivalent of like finding modern political cartoons in a newspaper yeah. in 500 years and having to try to figure out who the politicians were just based on that. All right. The building was financed by a tax on coal. So maybe people were mad about that. It's like you didn't want to spend your own money, you had to tax all the coal to pay for it? <laughs> maybe there's a bit about that. Maybe. But okay, finance okay. and cheapness, done. He was, he was, he nice was and easy. Synonym for cheapness. Yeah, make fun of a person for being cheap. All right, last that belongs one. That in a joke book, that's fair. Last one. Or do you, how much do you want to do? Well, I figure you started. I should at least finish. That's true. Okay, last two. Yeah. We're not even halfway through. Oh my, what? I thought you said there were 600. I made that up, apparently. Oh my God. Because I'm going to give you 773. Okay. These were the copious editions. <laughs> the first edition came out with 200 of these? Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> Among the addresses present... No, I'm not dealing with addresses again. I'm gone. <laughs> I don't know what they are. Okay, let's, let's go. Hold on. It's also about candles again. <laughs> Among the addresses presented upon the ascension of James I was one from the ancient town of Shrewsbury, wishing his majesty might reign as long as the sun, moon, and stars endured. Faith, mon, said the king. Don't know why he said faith, mon. <laughs> faith, mon, said the king <laughs> to the person who... Faith, faith, man, said the king to the person who presented it. If I do, my son must reign by candlelight. Hold on, that feels like it should make perfect sense, but I clearly just lost it you from sentence it from to faith, sentence. Man. Here we go. <clears throat> Among the addresses presented upon the ascension, yeah, James yeah, I. Someone from so Shrewsbury. now we know that addresses are just like letters being like, nice yep. work, man, good kingship. Mm -hmm. And so that oh, was the whole okay. joke before. It was like all these people are messaging you saying how good you are, yeah. like how nice it is to see but you But not king. actually giving but you anything. But little pocket, no one's going to give you any money. Did people expect to give the king money just for a coronation fun? present. Did, did people still, did that happen to Charles III this everyone, year? Everyone gave him like a hundred bucks. Everyone just paying him? If you passed him, you had to give him a hundred bucks. Um... Was one, for, so he got an address from the ancient town of Shrewsbury. Yep. Not relevant. Wishing his majesty might reign as long as the sun, moon, and stars endured. Yes. Faithmon, said the king to the person who presented it, if I do, my son must reign by candlelight. Because by the time his son's king, there won't be any sun or moon yeah. or stars. And then what's his son going to do? He has to reign by candlelight. Yeah, okay. Idiots. And then, uh, sorry, there's, there was one more sentence I missed. Uh, he then had the town of Shrewsbury destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you tell a joke, Joe Miller. Especially <laughs> <laughs> because you didn't tell that joke. It's 773rd. All right, I'm scrolling. How, I'm I scrolling as only, far like, as I can quarters. scroll. There's, there might be thousands of these by there this point. There are thousands of these. <laughs> Give me another one. 
Okay. A ship. This is 1,250. Oh, my God. I, uh, Can we do all of these? I'm also going to read the next one Tell for sure. Tell us if you want us to do all of these or if you never want us to do these again. I would like, I would like feedback. I'm actually going to read the next few. They're all amazing. The, the next two are amazing. But via email, via Twitter, via Discord, just please, throw a please, number please, at us and we'll read it. Tell me if you ever want to hear these again or if you want to hear like all of them. I would do it. Or just, just start oh. putting numbers in our Discord. Yeah, I'm going to make a chat for Joe Miller's Jests where you can request, where anyone can post one. <laughs> There's going to be a Discord th- thread. About, thread. It's going to be a whole new channel. So if you if you're listening to this and you want to do more Joe Miller's Jests. Join the Discord. Yeah, we'll do them there. Okay, so I haven't read this one yet, but I've just <laughs> skimmed the next ones and I want them. Okay. 1,250. A ship being in a storm at sea was in great danger, whereupon the captain commanded every man to throw into the sea his heaviest things. A passenger okay. who Same had his wife, wife oh, then gonna... offered to throw her overboard. <laughs> he's got a fat wife, everybody. But the crew saved her and asked him whether he was mad to try to throw her overboard. Who answered, well, she is the heaviest thing I have and I can best spare her. I assure you, she has long been a heavy burden to me. I pray, therefore, let me throw her over. That joke went way too long. Yeah, like we got the joke, Joe. (laughs) Did they, was this the first ever my wife joke? So he (laughs) needed to explain it? The first ever please take my wife. Now, the fun part. I think that's saying that she's not fat. I think it's just that she's a heavy burden emotionally. It sort of is, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think she was a fat but, wife. you know, the most fun part that I didn't express as I read it out, uh, she has long been a heavy burden to me. It doesn't quite say burden. What does it say? It says burthen. Burthen? It says burthen. A burthen to me? Yep. Come on, freaks. Stop making I love jokes. back before spelling was a thing. <laughs> oh, that's fun. But you want to do more? I really do. More. Let's do. Keep They're really Are short. Are more your wife jokes? No, oh, maybe. I don't know. They're really short, though. It's this one. A talking barber once asked a gentleman in what fashion he would be trimmed. In silence, was the reply. Ooh, so he turned him into a pie. That's it? That's the whole joke? That's the whole joke. Fantastic. You've got to get... Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. The early ones, they were from the first edition. Mm. They were 1700s jokes. We're on to 1800s jokes now. Now And they're... We're piecing our way up to to Dickens jokes, Oscar Wilde jokes. This is where they're good stuff. I was laughing during reading those Dickens short stories. I laughed out loud a few times. There were some good bits there. There were some good bits in the Dickens. But we're also now back to, oh, yep, some things don't change. Someone nowadays would still make a stand-up joke about not knowing how to talk to their hairdresser. True. Okay. That's a Justin McElroy joke. (laughs) (laughs) He said, how would I let my hair cut? And I said, in silence. All right. 1252. It is related of a well-known magistrate of times past Mm. that being often deceived by false rumours of Queen Elizabeth's death, he protested he would never believe she was dead until he saw it under her own hand. What? He wouldn't believe that she was dead unless she wrote that she was dead herself. (laughs) All right. I guess so. Very, you know, this just happened to us. I don't, I still don't think Elizabeth II's dead. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she never told me. Uh, okay, got to scroll up a little bit. It looks like a, from 1286 uh, onwards, it's poems. What? It's epitaphs. <gasps> give, me, give me some poems. Oh, it's epitaphs. Give me some poems. <laughs> Here lies a lady who, if not belied, took wise St. Paul's advice and all things tried. Nor stopped she here, but followed through the rest and always stuck the longest to the best. What? What does I don't this like mean? This. No, I don't I'm going back anymore. up to the Go jokes. Go back to the jokes. We don't need no poems. All right, so 1286 seems to be the last joke. All right, give me the final joke before the poems start. 
A lecturer on the history of chemistry thus described the celebrated Mr. Boyle, of Boyle's Law, I assume. Oh. He was a great man, a very great man. He was father of modern chemistry and brother of the Earl of Cork. I like that. That's did a Boyle, bit. Boyle did stuff with corks, didn't he? Oh. I know Hook did stuff with corks. Maybe Boyle know. did as well. Boyle, corks. He was the first Earl of Oh, cork. okay. So nothing fancy. Yeah, Maybe. I think uh, Hook did stuff with cork. Uh, just as other scientists. I think it's just things. a funny bit about being the yep. father of chemistry, but yep. the brother of the Duke of I Cork. I guess that's funny. I think that's a bit of a bit. I don't mm. mind that. Whatever. All right, one more. Yeah. I'll read one more. All right. Because you just read eight in a row. I'm going to go back up. And I'm going to read wherever my scroll stops. Still going. Oh, boy. Still going. Still going. <laughs> Slowing down. There we are. 584. Oh. It's a massive one. <clears throat> An Hibernian officer, being once in company with several who belonged to the same corps, one of them, in a laugh, said he would lay a dozen of claret that the Irishman made a bull before any other of the party. What? Done, said Terence. The wager was laid, and by way of puzzling him, he was asked how many bulls there were in that town. Five, said he. How do you make them out, said the other. Faith, said he. There is the black bull in the marketplace, and the red <laughs> bull over the way. Then there is the pied bull just by the bridge, and the white bull at the corner. They are but four, said the other. Why, arah, said he. There is that dim cow in the butcher row. That's a bull, said the other. By Jesus. By Jesus. Then I have won my wager, said he, and you have made the bull and not me. What the hell is happening in this question, in this joke? Nobody knows what it is to make a bull. I think he called the butcher fat or something. No, no. Oh, please. I think, I think, okay, I don't know what it is to make a bull, whatever, but I think, because he, I think it's, he says it's a dim cow. He says, oh, that's a bull. Yeah. I think it's like, that's, uh, that's a lie, maybe. And then he's like, aha, but now you made the bull and not me. I don't know. What is it to make a bull in the 1700s? I'm trying, I'm trying to look it up. No, Urban Dictionary, I don't want you. Because I'm, like, it's so strange. Like, oh, I reckon you'll make a bull before anyone else. Okay, bet taken. Great. How many bulls are there in town? Mm. Like, what are you talking about? I'm so confused. This is the most insane thing I've ever read. This, that, this... They're like, they're linked by Irishness and bulls, Danny. Yeah. 583, the one before this? Mm hmm A quartermaster in a regiment of light horse, who was about six feet high and very corpulent, was joking with an Irishman concerning the natural proneness of his countrymen to make bulls in conversation. What? By my soul, said the Irishman, Ireland has never made such a bull in all her lifetime as England did when she made a light horseman of you. I think a bull is like a joke or a, or a mistake. Yeah, I guess. And he's making fun of this guy for being a light horseman, even though he's such a big, giant, heavy man. So it's like, hey, no one in Ireland's ever made a bull as big as putting you on a, and saying you're a light horseman because you're gigantic. Ha 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 ha. What a funny bit about a big fat man. We need to find a short, funny one to finish. We're stuck in the Irish. I'll keep going I don't want to keep section. doing Irish jokes. An Irish officer in battle happening to bow, a cannonball passed over his head and took off the head of a soldier who stood behind him. Cool. You see, said he, then a man never loses by politeness.
<laughs> okay, I'll take that. That's fine. That's very Kingsman of him. It feels like the flavor of Irish jokes has changed over time. It kind of feels like the uh, the Irishman, uh, the witty gentleman of the joke. Yeah. When did that change? Well, here's one about Saint Ignatius. <clears throat> a devout lady offered up a prayer to Saint Ignatius for the con for the conversion of her husband. A few days after the good man died, sorry, God, the grammar. A few days after. A few days after the good man died. What a good saint is our Ignatius! Exclaimed the the consolable widow. He bestows on us more benefits than we ask for. She hated her husband. He's a heavy burden to me. <laughs> He's a heavy what? Sorry. A burden to me. <laughs> I just don't understand these. <laughs> We've been lucky enough to understand the ones we have and we got the dog wheel. You give me one more. Great. One more. Pick awesome. a ram I'm going to pick a number for you. Can oh. you try and find 802? I've picked in my head. I would like joke 802 and we're going to laugh and laugh and laugh and we're going to learn about our shared history. Give me 802. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. These are jokes and japes. There is a celebrated reply of Mr. Curran to a remark of Lord Clare, who exclaimed at one of his legal positions, Oh, if that be the law, Mr. Curran, I may burn my law books. <laughs> Better read them, my lord, was the sarcastic and appropriate rejoinder. Oh, he's a bad lawyer! <laughs> ba -ba 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 -ba. Bad lawyer! Yay. This is, this is it. This is the episode. We're 55 minutes in, Danny. Oh. We're done. Okay. I didn't think this was going to work. I just haven't uh, even continue. I don't want to read 803 because it's long, but I note that the first three words are Rock, the comedian. <gasps> there was just a comedian, comedian called, called rock. rock. Not The Rock, just Rock. Danny, I don't want to stop. I no, want to no, do another this one. Is great. Give me another one. Any run. No, no, pick a number. All right, uh, 699. I want just before 700. Give me 699, the best one. Danny, how old is the concept that 69 is a funny number? What if you go to 69 and it's like, hey, look at the number of this joke. Ha 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 ha. Bye. I'm Joe Miller. A robustious countryman. Okay. Robustious. Robustious countryman. Robustious countryman. Meeting a physician. I hope you're all liking this at home. I'm loving it. A robustious countryman meeting a physician ran to hide behind a wall. Being asked the cause, he replied, it is so long since I have been sick that I am ashamed to look a physician in the face. Because <laughs> he's so robustious He's so robustious Alright, you go all this the way back better. and you scroll down to number 69 this is what we need Wait, to... go to 420 first <laughs> I don't want to go to 69 I'm, I'm, I'm I want to know here. what joke 69 right. is We'll do 420 <laughs> um, I went too far uh, This will be good bonus content when we, If we get onto our Shakespeare show Oh, we if we get our Shakespeare show going, it should be like every now and then we take a break to be like, we're going to do some jokes <laughs> from the 1700s. Uh, all right, 420. <clears throat> oh, that looks long. No, it's short. Oh, thank There's God. There's just so many of them. Okay. A certain great man who had been a furious party man and most surprisingly changed sides by which he obtained a coronet was soon after at cards at a place where Lady Trent was. Her name has been blanked out. <laughs> yes. And complaining in the midst of the game that he had a great pain in his side. I thought your lordship had no side, said she. <sighs> I, I don't know what, like, was that a politics joke? I don't when know. When it says that he was a party man, is it a political oh, party? Oh, he was a party man. And he changed man. sides? He was a furious 
party man. He was a member of a political party. Then he changed sides, by which he obtained a coronet. Don't know why. Um, and then he was like, oh, I've got to paint my side. And she was like, well, I didn't think you had any sides. Maybe it was royalist versus non-royalist. Maybe. Okay. Now down to 69. Okay. And we'll end there. Yep. Like well, idiots. actually, I have something, uh, and I have something else that I would like to Google to finish off once oh, sure. we found Joke sixty nine. <clears throat> Sorry, I apologize. I have to do sixty eight first. Oh, okay. I don't think sixty eight is going to be funny, but you'll see why I have yeah, to. Do yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Sixty eight. Mr. Congreve, going up the water in a boat, one of the watermen told him as they passed by Peterborough House that the house had sunk a story. No friend, said he. I rather believe it is a story raised. <laughs> I don't know why you wanted that. Why did you specifically want that? Okay. 69. The aforesaid house, oh. which is the very last <laughs> in London, by the one way, being rebuilt. So there you go. So I had to go to 68. Okay. The aforesaid house. Sorry, by the way, 68 was the joke like, Oh, that went down. That sunk a story. And he's like, no, no, you just told me a story. So it's actually raised a story I in conversation. I thought it was more like raising a question, like saying, oh, no, uh, what? <laughs> I thought it was like raising questions. It's so but yeah, same thing. Um, the aforesaid house, which is the very last in London one way, being rebuilt, a gentleman asked another who lived in it. His friend told him, Sir Robert Grosvenor. I don't know, said the first, what a state Sir Robert has, but he ought to have a very good one, for nobody lives beyond him in the whole town. I think this is a joke about living beyond someone being better than them mm. and having more, but, but in this case it was no one. Stretch. In this case it was a joke about no one living beyond yes. him because it's the last house in London. I guess. Bad joke, Joe, but I love it. Oh, these were so uh. much stupid fun. So the last thing that I wanted you to do. Yes, what am I Googling? I just want you to Google oldest joke book. How old can we get? Oh, that's an ancient Egyptian joke book, surely. Oldest joke book. Philodulos. <gasps> no, that's mm. something different. That's no, Philodulos. Is it ancient the first Greek jokes? Joke book. Ancient Greek jokes? Okay. <clears throat> Philodulos, the first joke book. The Philodulos, typically translated as the joker or the one who loves laughter, is an ancient Greek collection of approximately 265 jokes, dating to the 4th or 5th century CE. So that's not... That's pretty old. It's pretty old. It typically bears the title of the world's oldest surviving collection of jokes. Someone's created some cartoons. I don't want the cartoons. I want oh, the original. No, come on. I want... Oh, this is cartoons of, like, a bunch of the jokes. Give me, give me a copy of the Philodulos. Can I get a copy on Wikipedia? Philodulos, also titled The Jests of Heracles and Philagrius. Amazing. Give me a copy of the Philodulos. Hold on, do I have to like go to I put I put Gimme no, let me type. I put Philodulos and I want to search uh, yeah, uh, PD, PDF. Give me a PDF of Philodulos. <laughs> no, I want the original. Full text, Full text of the, of the jests uh, yeah. of Heracles and Philagrius. All right, this is a translation by Charles Clinch Bubb. One hell of a name. I want the forward. I don't want any of this forward. Give me the first joke. Scroll down to the middle somewhere. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> 
This is, this is the section called The Pedants. A pedant ordered a silversmith to make a lamp, and when the letter inquired how large he should make it, he replied, large enough for eight men. <laughs> what? A pedant, <laughs> whilst swimming, almost choked to death. He made an oath that he would not go into the water again until he had first learned to swim well. <laughs> what? A certain person coming to a pedant, who was a physician, said, Doctor, when I awake from sleep, I have a dizziness for half an hour and then I recover. The physician replied, get up after the half hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had doctor, doctor jokes. A certain person asked a pedant who had a horse for sale if he had thrown once, that is, shed its te first teeth, or was mature. Okay. When the latter answered that it had thrown twice, he asked, how is that? The pedant replied, once when he threw me and once when he threw my father. Perfect. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, we can stop now. This is a whole other thing. <laughs> the no, tran the translation is a bit depressing because it makes it a bit too easy to understand. A certain person meeting a pedant said, Master Pedant, I dreamed I met you. By the gods, he refied. <laughs> not replied, he refied. Cool. I was so busy I did not notice. <laughs> a pedant, seeing his fa family physician approaching, hid from him. Upon being asked by one of... <gasps> oh my god! It's the same oh joke! My god, it's, it's the same, same joke! joke! A pedant, seeing his family vision approaching, hid from him. Upon being asked by one of his companions why he did this, he replied, I have not been ill for such a long time. I am ashamed to meet him. This oh is the best God. thing that ever happened to us. <laughs> it's the same joke. This Joe Miller wannabe stole a joke from the old. It's literally the oldest joke. He took the oldest joke and he put it into his new book and he said, Joe Miller said this. Joe Miller didn't say it. It was phylogenies. Or phylogelos. Like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I think we have to end that. That's it. I think we cracked the ancient joke we did it. case that we didn't know this we were solving. Bye, everybody. That's amazing. It's the same joke. <gasps> beautiful pedants you beautiful pedants I hope you stuck with us through this those people who bowed out in the first early, two minutes if you were like oh I don't oh, get these man. jokes this is a bad bit you didn't stay for the hour to earn this moment bye everybody thank you so much for listening Um, I don't know when we'll be back we're, we're, we're working on the new now. season it's coming there'll still be some bonuses so just chill and hang out and wait a couple of weeks for more fun oh Bye. <laughs>